At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It's never too early to start looking at next week's NFL lines. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin hour number three of The Look Ahead, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds coming at you. And by the way, when you just hear Brent Musburger's voice, mm-hmm. and like it just... It does make you feel like football. Well, everybody thinks of football, but also remember he was the voice for many years for the uh, Final Four and on CBS. Golf did a gust. Well, what hasn't Brent covered? He's done it all. And, I mean, uh, you name it, he's done it, right? Well, hopefully he gets in that uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, as the Kurt Gowdy Award winner. I know uh, Jim Nance, Dan Patrick, a lot of people in NFL media were stumping for him, and uh, rightfully so. Absolutely, Brent deserves to be in there. And by the way, when it's the Kurt Gowdy Award, the Cowboy, boy, like my earliest memories, mm-hmm. like hearing Kurt Gowdy oh, call yeah. games, like these are legendary names, and Brent right. Musburger is right there with and, them. And let me correct myself. Kurt Gowdy Award, I'm getting confused because they just announced that for the Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh. Pete Rozelle Award. Pete Rozelle. Pete Rozelle Award is the NFL, the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's the one that really built the product on television along with the other recipients of that award. And he used to, what do they call it? Uh, he was burning darts. He was just always smoking cigarettes. Yes, he Pete was. Pete Rozelle back in the day. Nobody smokes anymore. No. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some college hoops and uh, some future prices associated with some of these teams out there. You and I were talking during the break, and I'm I'm looking at, like, the ACC. And, again, I'm showing my age. But, you know, back in the day, like, winning an ACC regular season title was a big deal. It was the same thing in the Big Ten, too. We didn't even have – we were the last one to have a tournament. Because back then, you had to win your conference just to get to March Madness. Mm-hmm. To get to, back then, the 48 48- – a team field. Now everybody's got a conference tournament. So like Carolina is minus 700 to win the ACC just doesn't hold the same gravity. Now it's about winning the tournament. Yeah. The ACC tournament or uh, insert your conference here. So when you look at some of these teams for the final four, I guess you have to do some kind of some mental math as to if you think one, these teams are shoe ins to be in the NCAA tournament independent of what they do in said tournament. If the body of work is good enough 
in the regular season that it's not tournament dependent. The smaller conferences, and by the way, now with the transfer portal, is there such a thing as a smaller conference? Because it does feel like the movement allows you like the Drakes of the world. Right. You know, the March and the Arch, right? Or Well, yeah, we saw it last year. The Florida Atlantic and San Diego State made the Final Four. So nothing like that is going to shock anybody. I don't know if it's going to happen every year, but everybody obviously wants to anticipate, okay, who's that non-Power Six? Because I include, of course, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, SEC, Pac-12, Big East as your main six. But Who's going to be that one outside of those six? You know, maybe maybe it's San Diego State again. I don't. But it's think amazing it's to get be... two of the four last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Miami was a a, a bit of a surprise as well, but they still. Yeah, came and, and 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 UConn was really the only, and I don't want to call them chalky because they were a four seed, but they were better than that. They just had a rough January, but you know, people are going to look at okay, San Diego State or St. Mary's or Dayton, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's down this year, though. Like, they're on the bubble right now to make the tournament, probably on the right side of the bubble, but they're like 80-1, to 1, I think, at DraftKings to uh, uh, win the whole thing. So I, I think we're probably going to get a couple more chalky teams this year than we did last year, just deciding who that is going to be. UConn, by the way, just to make the Final Four, is plus a dollar 10. And I look at that and I go, is that a smarter play than picking UConn as the small favorites mm. of five to one to cut down the net? It might be. It might be. Uh, because the the one seeds right now, UConn probably certainly going to get a in, one no, seed. They could lose in the first round of the Big East tournament. They're going to be a yeah, one seed. Yeah, I, I think Houston yep. probably is going to be a one seed. I think Purdue yep. is probably going to be a one seed. Now, that fourth one going to be up for grabs. Uh, Arizona, who did lose last Thursday, at home to Washington State, where Washington State's actually leading the conference. Washington State, by the way, swept Arizona mm-hmm. this year. Tennessee might be in the mix for it. Maybe North Carolina. But I think those first three, UConn, Houston, Purdue, are clearly number one seeds, barring major disaster or major injury to like a Zach Eadie right. or somebody like that. I totally agree. And again, this goes way back. If you remember the Kenyon Martin situation at Cincinnati decades ago, where they were the Clearly the best team in college basketball all year. He got hurt late in the year, and they did dock them for that. So the committee, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can bet these to be number one seeds. I think those are safe bets, barring an injury. That's what it would take at this point, like they had for Cincinnati way back in the day. So I'm with you. I feel like UConn, Houston, Purdue pretty much cemented as three number ones. We'll have to figure out what that fourth one is. I don't know that we'll get two from the same conference for one seeds, which would mean that Carolina could be in play for a one seed. I know it wasn't a sexy win yesterday against Virginia, but you know they're going to win the ACC regular season. If they double dip and win the ACC championship as well, could you make a case for Carolina's up for Could be. One? I mean, if these other two that are a little bit ahead of them right now, Tennessee, Arizona, because the Pac-12 is down, so yes. Arizona, you Way know, down. has kind of a little margin for error. Uh, uh, Tennessee, look, they could easily get beat early in the in the SEC tournament. Uh, and look, the SEC, by the way, uh, outside of the Big Twelve, SEC probably number two, mm. I would say in terms of in terms of a conference. But they're they're loaded up at, up at the top. Tennessee right now is tied with Alabama at eleven and three, and we saw Alabama got absolutely oh. they and and it's not like. 
you know, their offense wasn't good. They scored 95 points, but Just gave up 117. It gave up 117 points to Kentucky, uh, and that's why Kentucky's still very dangerous, even though they had that three-game losing streak at home. But you look at the SEC: Tennessee, uh, Alabama, Auburn. Yep, very potent. Uh, Kentucky. South Carolina has been a nice story this year. I think they're currently tied for third. Uh, they're 22 and five. They'll be in the tournament. Uh, Florida starting to maybe come together a little bit later in the season. Mississippi State very good defensively, a little challenged offensively. But in terms of those big four, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, all very good teams. By the way, we identified the odds uh, for the big three to get those number one seeds far and away. Purdue, Houston, UConn. Then it does get interesting. For that fourth number one, it's Arizona at minus $1.30. Tennessee at plus $1.80. Carolina at plus $7.50. Marquette at 12 to 1. Bama at 16 to 1. Duke at 30 to 1. Kansas at 40 to 1. Now you've got to do the mental math here. And that means Arizona has to win the Pac 12 in order for that $1.30 to yeah. cash. Carolina's got to get the double dip to have a shot. At the plus seven fifty to, to cash, could Kansas, if they win the is is the Big Twelve still looked at and said, all right, yeah, it's still one of the top conferences. If they win the Big Twelve tournament, is that enough? I don't know if it's enough, Dave, uh, because Kansas uh, this year and and Kevin McCuller did miss the game uh, Saturday. They did beat Texas, but if mm-hmm. you look at Kansas, uh, got a couple shaky losses. They lost at UCF. They lost at West Virginia. These yep. are two teams near the bottom of the conference. They lost at Kansas State. There's a possibility all three of those teams do not make the NCAA tournament. So I don't want, they're not disastrous losses, but they might be considered bad losses. Now, one seed. Now, they, now they've been awesome at home. They beat Houston, they beat Baylor, they've beaten Texas, they've beaten Oklahoma, uh, they beat UConn at home in the non conference, uh, beat Tennessee, beat Kentucky. So they got a lot of home run wins, but. I don't know. I think that they, they were put out in that little, what was it, that top 16 seeds a couple weeks or a week ago, and they were put as a two seed, and I thought, eh, that's a little high. You know, maybe a three, but if you look... at for them, though, right? If you look their resume, I mean, they've beaten a lot of really good teams, so outside chance, but I, I think when you were mentioning those prices uh, about getting a one seed, Tennessee, look at Tennessee's schedule down the stretch, and they got three games at home out of the four. Auburn at home, Alabama, or actually, I'm sorry, uh, two away, two home. Auburn at home, at Alabama, at South Carolina, and then Kentucky at home. That's a tough stretch to, to uh, finish this season. And then you got to probably win the SEC championship in, in the uh, or at least Or at least get to the final. Right, for that plus eighty to get home. Very quickly, Marquette is an interesting team. Remember they were fourth in the country, got the marquee game with UConn. Didn't go very well. Have we forgotten about Shaka Smart and company? They're 12 to 1 to get that fourth number one seed, if you will, in theory, if we lock in Purdue, Houston, and UConn. And then also to be a sleeper team for a Final Four. Are they good enough in your eyes to do either of those two things? I, I think so. And the fact that they won at Illinois, they beat Kansas, uh, they have good wins, Texas, Creighton. Uh, also, uh, you know, still looking for that win, though, against UConn. They'll get another opportunity. I think they probably have to w- win their last four, which means. Having to beat Providence at home, no easy task. Having to go to Creighton. Creighton was a team that I'm still kind of high on. I, I know they got beat today Yep. by a St. John's team that looked like maybe they're at the end of their rope here, but they clearly at least showed some fight after a very unimpressive win at Georgetown after they got called out. Mm-hmm. Or still called out, thrown under the bus by their head coach, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But 
Uh, yeah, Mar- Marquette's got a tough one, though. They got they got to go to Creighton. They have Connecticut at home. Then they got to go to Xavier. And I know they blew out Xavier today, 88-64, to 64, but it's different uh, uh, winning there at the uh, at the Cintas Center than it is uh, having to beat them at home. So Marquette maybe could be. Like, I think Creighton is a little bit of a dark horse, even after the bad performance today. And I said it the other night not just being a prisoner of the moment because they beat UConn. Keep in mind, this team was in the Elite Eight and probably should have been in the Final Four if they would have got uh, that call right late. Plus 650 for uh, Creighton to get to the Final Four. It, it is interesting because obviously no shot at a one seed, even if they win the biggest tournament. I, I don't see that happening uh, for Creighton. But it is a respectable team, um, certainly off of what we saw last year. But very quickly, how much does Co- like Shaka Smart to me is now an elite coach? I look at it, I view him as an elite coach. Do, do you look at Creighton and say, yeah, I'm going to trust the coaching staff and the players enough that possibly a plus 650? It's not. I will coach. because they're smart and they're a veteran team. Uh, they don't foul, yep. w- which I like. That means they get stops without, without fouling. Uh, good shooting team. I just thought St. John's had a really good effort today. So. That's one of the things you want to be careful of. You don't want to, just because the team has a loss, just, you know, throw them out yep. immediately. What and do you do? You say you like to sell some teams short-term, yes. not long-term. Yes, and then buy them on the long-term. There it is. Good advice, Wes Reynolds. All right, when we come back, let's get into some NBA topics as well. And before the show's over, we'll talk a little Major League Baseball, too. Much more to get to here on The Look At. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This 
is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we continue the look ahead here from Circus Sportsbook. Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds coming at you. Wes, last night on Sunday Bet Prep, we had former NBA Ryan Hollins, who now does great work covering the Houston Rockets, join the program. And in so many words, if I can paraphrase, best team luck. He's got courtside seats. He's seeing all these teams, obviously, when the Rockets play them. And in his eyes, not that it's a foregone conclusion, but barring injury, he thinks the Celtics far and away, best team in the East and will win the East. Now, I don't want to offer too much pushback to that other than to say we saw what happened last year where they get the miracle tip-in from Derek White mm-hmm. to keep their season alive against the Heat. Then they're going to go home for game seven. They're going to wrap it up. And then it wasn't wrapped up. I, I agree with Ryan, clearly in the assessment, they're the best team in the East, barring injury. We can't forecast that for the rest of the way, in the regular season. But if everything looks the way it is now, every, the way these teams are currently constructed in the East, they're plus an hour 15 to win the Eastern Conference. My problem is, my only problem is, it's the ghost of playoff pass. And sometimes when you have those same guys, and I know we, we, we don't want to say, well, it's a different team, it's a different year. It's still the same core guys. Now you added the zinger. Yes. And the zinger is hmm. a big piece of the new Celtics. Is that enough that Christmas past, if you will, playoff failure past, won't kind of show itself again this year with this version of the Well, I mean, look, time is going to tell, but also keep in mind that a lot more continuity this year, too, because uh, last year, uh, you know, first year where Brad Stevens had moved up to the front office uh, out of coaching, uh, you know, within the last couple of years, and then whatever, what happened with Udoka and all of that stuff, so... There was a lot of drama around 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 this team, and a lot of changes. And uh, Missoula, mm-hmm. Joe Missoula, had to take over as the uh, uh, interim coach, then became the full time coach. Now I think there's a lot more stability with this, and and I think that's a reason, not just the fact that they played the best basketball and had the best record. I think they've been the most stable team near at the top. Obviously, <clears throat> Milwaukee hasn't had a lot of stability, no. being that you know fired Adrian Griffin, Doc Rivers uh, takes over that. Did have a couple good wins this weekend, especially that win at Minnesota on Friday night. So I don't know yet if I'm going to buy into the Bucks, but it, but it's worth taking notice. And then, look, we talked about Philadelphia earlier. They're falling down. I would not be surprised to see them be like a seven or an eight. Wow. You know, because, you know, do they have Embiid shut down until the playoffs or when does he come back? But this team is not the same, with, is not the same without him. So... I don't think the up-and-comers are as good as Boston and Milwaukee, though, when they get to the playoffs, and that would be like the Pacers. Uh, Miami Heat, I'm seeing a plus 950 at DraftKings win the East. Nah, they're getting too much respect there. No. That's a lot of betting respect. No, that's year. that's way too much. Yeah. Because Cleveland's better than them, and Cleveland is like 10-1. to 1, So Knicks are getting a lot of respect, though, at 8-1 to 1, uh, because they're doing, you know, playing still pretty good ball without Randall and yep. without OG Ananobi, who they got in that trade with Toronto uh, earlier in the season. But I do think Boston, you know, is the best team. I would not call them lock, but I think that they're the best team in the East. I, and again, I think that Coach Spo is probably regarded out of those top four teams in the East as the best coach maybe that you trust the most. Sure. 
Joe Mazzulla, by the way, is fifth in the NBA Coach of the Year rankings here at 20 to 1. Is he a li- uh, do we look at him as a liability or just kind of a guy that we're still not a thousand percent sure? I, I think we're still kind of trying to figure it out. I, I think he's a good coach, but but until you're proven, yeah, there's always the cynicism out there. You got to um, win you know, something like Spo has done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's uh, there's always going to be cynicism. Look, that cynicism, uh, you know, still exists for Ty Lue, quite frankly, uh, uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, who, by the way. Uh, uh, now that that game has gone final, Sacramento all over the Clippers tonight. Uh, uh, beat them 123 to 105. No Paul, no 107, I should say. No Paul George, by the way, uh, for the Clips. But uh, good performance for the Kings, who are kind of in that, you know, 7 to 10 mix right now and uh, trying to see if they can play their way into a pretty deep Western Conference. But. Uh, yeah, look, some of these coaches, and until they do it, uh, Ty Lue, of course, did do it in 2016. Uh, and he's still, there's still questions. There's still questions uh, around that. So, uh, look, you know, won it with Cleveland, of course, because how much credit is Ty Lue going to get? It's like LeBron got the credit because he came back home. They beat the Warriors. Don't forget that Kyrie hit the shot. Yeah, they beat <laughs> the Warriors in seven uh, and the Cleveland sports curse. So, Tyloo doesn't really get the credit for that. So that's why, you know, there's still a little bit of cynicism out there for the Clippers. He's the third betting favorite uh, right now to win coach of the year. Tyloo with the job he's doing with Clippers 12 to one uh, there. So again, these are the type of questions you might have about certain teams and where the blame goes. Certainly would go to a Missoula yeah. if the Celtics flame out again. It's never the player's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It seems like these days. Uh, in the NBA, I will say though, by the way, for uh, for a uh, coach of the year, uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, I think uh, the the guy in Oklahoma City, yeah. uh, Daniel, yeah, he's going to win it. It, it. Yeah, he's he's odds on right now at minus one ten, and uh, he should so. right because I don't I don't we I think we all thought they would be better this year. I don't think we thought they'd be a one or a two seed in the I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah. is absolutely, you know, he's play, he's playing like an MVP. Now, his odds, uh, oh. he's the second choice on the board, by the yes, way, at plus is. 250. Uh, uh, the Joker, uh, once again, favorite. The Joker was funny today. He goes, yeah, I've got bad teammates. They did not give me a gift for my birthday. I love the Joker. I, I I think he's funny. You know, he, he said when he went, I believe, went home to Serbia after the uh, win last year, Said he didn't invite anybody. Yes, he was like, he was like, would you bring your team? I was like, no, like I'm not, like I'm not bringing those guys. I see yeah, them, I see them 82, 82 games a year. I'm not taking them home with. No, them. no, Man, I'm going by myself. Everybody needs a break, uh, so <laughs> everybody needs the tour to end at some point. Uh, so, yeah. Do you think it is a two horse race? By the way, though, between Shea and uh, the Joker here, the Joker small I, favorite. I do. Luca puts up good numbers, but but Dallas's ceiling, I think, is being like a seven or an eight seed. Yep. Uh, the bet in terms of a value standpoint, I know uh, uh, our buddy Doug Kazarian uh, has been on with uh, Matt Humans and myself on Visa tonight a couple times. If you're betting a bomb, that probably should be priced a little bit less than it'd be Kawhi at 80 to 1. Yep. Because now, you know, how long is Paul George going to be? Kawhi is not going to get into that MB territory where he misses too many games and he can't be eligible for it. Uh, Tatum just never seems to get rewarded either. I, I'm so glad you, I was going to ask you next about that. He's 30 to one on the board. I'm like, what am I missing? Is I know. I look at that. I look at that the player? same year. I look at that. You know, every year he's kind of in that 25, 30 to one range. Like, oh man, you know, the Celtics may have the best record in the East, but it doesn't seem to amount for anything. Yeah, it doesn't because he's not seen. I think as the even though he's an All Star player and All NBA player, 
he's not seen as like the Giannis yep. or the Embiid or or Jokic or LeBron back in the day or, or certainly Curry or those guys that seen as carrying their teams. Right. And Giannis at 14 to 1, the Bucks would have to get on a heck of a streak. Yeah. Maybe w- get the number one seed in the East. I know our producer, Dan Moneyline Miller, is a Bucks fan, and he's like, hey, is this the time to buy in? I go, I, I want to wait. I want to wait a little bit, even though that was a very impressive win over Minnesota, yep. who, by the way, is tied for the Western Conference lead with Oklahoma City. That was impressive on Friday night, but. I still think they're figuring things out. Maybe Patrick Beverly is going to be the elixir for that team because that team did not look the same. And obviously to acquire game time, you had to give up Drew Holiday in that three-team trade with the Celtics. And your perimeter defense went to hell. It did. Without Drew Holiday. Because, look, Dame, Dame brings a lot of things to the table. He's not the best defender. They're 3-1 to one to get out of the East, obviously with the Celtics being that the, the small favorite of plus star 15. Is it defense... Like, does it change the evaluation for you if you see them play better defense down the stretch, or is it going to be, man, in the playoffs, you still revert to what you are, and they're just going to try to outscore everything? I, I got to see the defense. Uh, definitely want to see the uh, the defense uh, improve a little bit. Maybe Patrick Beverly is doing that uh, because uh, the Bucks, by the way, uh, were winners uh, earlier on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I wish they weren't so good defensively. Yeah, held, held the Sixers to 98, now the Embiidless Sixers. Uh, Tyrese, Ma- Tyrese Maxey's trying to do what he can, yep. but he just does not have the firepower around him without the big fella. Yeah, and again, that's one to look at there for the Pacers in the seeding in the East. If the Sixers continue to slide, Indiana could get up to that four spot. It does feel more important for the Indianas and the Clevelands of the world than it would say Yeah, I think so, even though Cleveland has a little bit uh, more tread on the tires, uh, playoff experience, but, you know, yeah, you've got uh, uh, Cleveland and the Knicks. Yeah. You know, J- Jalen Bronson has stepped up to be, you know, uh, close. He's much better than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. Uh, so well, that's small man syndrome, right? They're always too small. Well, because remember when everybody got on the Knicks, it's like, that's all you came up with in free agency. We expect a superstar. Well, that's exactly what Jalen Brunson is becoming in the garden as the Knicks are currently the four seed. Right now, things looking better in the garden. Boy, imagine if they had, if Jalen Brunson isn't a superstar, if they could get one in yes. for next year. It could be very interesting. All right, when we come back, let's talk some Major League Baseball because knocking on the door, it's almost there. We're getting closer and closer to opening day in April. So it's right around the corner. We'll discuss MLB next when you come back with us on a look at. This is the look ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. For a betting edge on college basketball, the VCN experts have got you covered. Become a VCN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet email, 24-7 video access to the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VCN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every single game. Visit VCN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. The man to my left, Wes Reynolds, will be doing yeoman's work as he always does when it gets to college basketball every season, specifically college basketball for this conversation, Wes. And, uh, we are 24-7, 365 days. Non-stop. No days off. No, Bill Belichick. Yes. No days. Now Bill Belichick has a lot of days off. Yeah. What do you think Bill's going to do, by the way? Uh, apparently he's been shopping around for some TV gigs. Do um, you think he'd you be know, good on TV? Maybe. Like, like, like in studio, like in spots. Because 
Uh, he was great on the last college game day of the year, where, of course, Nick Saban, oh, yes. his old buddy, is going to be next year. Uh, uh, when he, he, I think they were, they were there for the Army-Navy game in Foxborough, and Bob Kraft was on there, and Belichick, of course, Belichick's dad, being uh, formerly on the Navy staff, he was born in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. So when he was talking about that, man, and, and, he, and that season for the Patriots this year was a disaster. Awful. But he was so comfortable and just talking about that. It's like, you know, this guy, I know he's got like a, a, rep. Quirk, a quirk, yeah, a rep for being short and whatnot, but he actually, when you just sit down and talk to him, you've seen those things on Absolutely. the NFL Network. He did with the all-time greatest NFL players. So cool. He was terrific on that panel. He became likable because I always, as a fan, hated Bill Belichick <laughs> just because he was kind of the uh, kryptonite for the Indianapolis Colts uh, many, many years uh, until they finally got over the hump in uh, 2007. But Oh, that game still bothers me as somebody who had the Pats that day. Yes. That's the go-for-it game. Where yes. the Patriots go for it in their own territory. Yeah. Colts take over. Big comeback. That was, uh, yeah. Jeff couldn't uh, stop you guys. Dominic there. Rhodes uh, fumbling the ball in the end zone. Jeff Saturday recovering. Wow. But yeah, look, uh, uh, I, I think he he's very insightful. And uh, he, he's going to probably at least end up in TV. Maybe he's waiting for the right job. Is it the Dallas Cowboy job uh, the following year? If uh, Big Mike doesn't maybe make a run here. You know, and I've said this, and you probably already know this. Everybody always gets on me about that, like Big Big Mike. And I'm like, hey, I wouldn't, if I was Jerry Jones, I would not have fired Big Mike in the offseason unless it was for Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. And and that's no disrespect to the job. Mike, I think Mike McCarthy's done a really good job. Because I think the only, an upgrade. the only way I think Bill Belichick obviously gets back to another Super Bowl at this point, I don't think he wants to necessarily be a builder. Maybe he wants what, what uh, his old liege uh, Tom Brady got in Tampa, where it's like it's a ready-made situation. Let's go. Yeah, so so going to like Dallas, one, it's like yeah. yeah, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to rebuild like Carolina or Parcells something like that. Back in the day, for Dallas, had to rebuild the Cowboys. Yeah, because he took yeah. over. It was a and, and don't think that that doesn't play in either. It's like my mentor, uh, the guy that that broke me in in this league. He couldn't get it done here, but I maybe could. And Parcells and Jera had a great relationship, and reportedly Belichick and Jack. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, they don't like each other. It's like, what are you talking about? I saw, him, great. I saw him with my own two eyes when I would mention I was at the NFL Combine a couple times, sitting next to each other, yeah, looked like they were best friends. And by the way, to the point of if Belichick would be good on TV, uh, smoking Jay Cutler, he was apparently, he he did so well in the in the trial runs for Fox back in the day. Then he got a job again, became the, 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 the Dolphins head coach. And uh, gave him $10 million to come out of retirement, if you will. We ca- I wish we got Jay Cutler because they said he was great. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they watched too many episodes of uh, Very Cavallari uh, on E show. with his uh, ex-wife, uh, yeah. uh, the Laguna Beach star. Boy, I thought they were really in love. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> Those crazy <laughs> kids. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think I, th- I think the hoodie will be in television uh, somewhere this year. I think you are exactly right. Uh, let's get to Major League Baseball. Speaking of love, you know I, I have a love of the Metropolitans. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to be loving this season. There's a couple of teams that I pseudo root for beside the Mets. One of those on the south side of Chicago. I was a big, big Hurt fan, Frank Thomas, back in the day with the White Sox. And I lived in Chicago for eight years. So I kind of went to a lot of games on the south side. I, I am stunned when I see how bad – they are projected to be. I mean, they're kind of looking like Oakland A's bad is what we're looking at in the American League. Maybe not that bad. But two of the teams that I like to root for 
have some of the lowest wind totals. And the Mets are still at 82 and a half. That I think is too high, personally. Uh, I, I like the lineup the Mets can roll out there. Well, who's going to pitch? Like, I have no idea who's going to pitch. For the White Sox, they still have Dylan Cease, but I, I'm assuming he's going to be a tradable piece for them. Mm-hmm. And then they got nothing. It looks like Tim Anderson's in Miami. I mean, it looks like everything that we thought the Sox were building towards, they might, you know, the, the Solaires of the world and uh, the Igwe Amenes of the world, like, these guys look like they're all going to be gone. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a new it's a new regime all around in Chicago. Chris Getz, uh, the new general manager, Kenny Williams, longtime man, is, is gone. gone there. So uh, uh, Pedro Griffal going to be the manager. So yeah, this is a White Sox team going to oh be very goodness. very young. Uh, uh, Eric Fetty maybe could be a bright spot in that staff, but uh, yeah, a very, a very young team. Uh, Sixty three and a half is the win total. Sixty three. And a half. I'm sorry, Salsa. That's embarrassing. That's that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look like to me. I just look at that and I go, "You've got to be kidding me!" Because right now the Atlanta, the, uh, excuse me, the Oakland A's, I believe they they have the lowest one in Major League Baseball. But 63 and a half yeah. is absurdly yeah. low, and the A's are at 56 and a half. Well, the other teams around them, uh, especially in that Central, uh, getting a, getting a little bit better. Uh, so. Yeah, just uh, just looking up up and down wow. that central. Uh, uh, you know, it's probably going to be the first team to maybe eighty five wins. Uh, it could be the Twins, uh, but they they've got to replace a lot in the pitching staff. You got to replace uh, Kenner Maeda. You got to mm-hmm. replace Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, Emilio Pagan. That's a lot to replace. Uh, Guardians. Uh, wow. You know, can their pitching staff stay healthy? They got a promising core, but can Bieber and Tristan McKenzie stay healthy? Is their total. Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. are kind of the sleeper. They snag Maeda. They got Jack Flaherty. They did lose Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, but Riley Green's got to continue developing. Spencer Torkelson. Uh, so, you know, Royals. Uh, look, they spent three hundred million dollars to lock up Bobby Witt Jr. Right there, yep. But I still think they're probably in the mid seventies. I lean they're over win seventy three and a half, yeah. but I think they're probably like a seventy five or seventy six win team. So. That's kind of the breakdown in the central. It's kind of like the AFC South or the NFC South yeah, of, of Major win. League Baseball. Yes. And again, it, it, not to, you know, I don't want to sl- look, can't wait for opening day. It's going to be great. Lifelong baseball fan, all of those things. But it does feel like the NFL is so much harder to handicap because you do feel like with the exception of maybe just a handful of teams, Major League Baseball, you kind of know the haves and the have-nots. You do. You do, um, you know, the, the, that, that's why it's kind of hard, like when you're doing futures, uh, it might not be to win World Series, you might be betting divisions or like to make the playoffs, like like one team I kind of like to make the playoffs, that, that, that's still a plus money out there, and I think they're projected to finish uh, third and maybe even fourth, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Uh, I, I know they lost Tyler Glasnow, I know they lost uh, Manuel Margot, mm-hmm. but you still got some good young arms. You got Shane Baz. You've got uh, Todd Bradley. And then you also got uh, uh, Ryan Pepiot, who is the key return in that Glasnow trade. Uh, the man out of Westfield, Indiana. Got to give a shout out to uh, <laughs> near back home. Uh, the the Rays just, they, they find ways, man. They absolutely find ways. The way Kevin Cash and company and the way they've done it even before Kevin Cash, that that's, that style of kind of the first starter, if you will, you know, he's not going to go very long. Mm-hmm. Can they keep doing that in perpetuity to keep the arms fresh? Well, well, look, you're seeing other teams duplicate it. 
So, so you know, it's a copycat league. That's what they say about the NFL. Yeah. So is Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, but the Rays are obviously, you know, you, you got the Orioles who are the first time consensus favorites to win the division since like the, the late 90s. They added Corbin Burns. You have uh, Jackson Holiday who's one of the top prospects in baseball. Also, the Yankees, uh, they bought one year Juan Soto. Yep. What's that going to do for them? Look, uh, him and Aaron Judge together are pretty damn powerful, but how's that staff going to be? And then Toronto, they've always been so inconsistent. Good pitching rotation, but, you know, can they hit in the playoffs? And some of these teams, man, they, they got, yeah, Texas absolutely shut them down. Well, and that's the other team I wanted to bring up, the reigning defending Rangers here, as they get it done for the very first time. Their win total here is 89 and a half. Juice to the under, by the way. Not saying that they're being disrespected in the marketplace here, but do you wonder if it was just like the second season of Major League Baseball it really does not have a whole lot to do with what you saw in the regular right. season. Right, right. Well, well, they do have Evan Carter for the entire season, so that's good news. He was really such a revelation down the stretch. Yep. Just came up from the minors and just killed it immediately. But you're going to have some guys injured. Max Scherzer's got the back. Corey Seager's got the sports hernia. Jacob DeGrom. So, yeah, DeGrom. Uh, Tyler Malley you won't get until the middle of the season. So we don't know what the Rangers are going to be. They may struggle right away. I mean, I trust Bruce Bochy. He's one of the best managers in baseball and over the last 30 years, basically. But they're going to be shorthanded early. Maybe a team you lay off early, and then once you see those bodies yeah. and the reports that they're going to come back, look some some in-season Yes. Uh, adjusted win totals might be the way to go there. Okay, when we come back, let's get to, uh, before you wake up tomorrow, some of the best bets that you should play. That's next when you come back with us right here on The Lookout. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. 
what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no-sweat bet up to 1,000 bonus bets. If your first bet happens to lose, download the app. Use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds here from the look ahead for your daily morning bets tomorrow morning. Wes Reynolds, I've got one that I want to start with, and it's something we talked about a little bit earlier when it comes to Augusta National. Now, I know it's it's April, America, and you wake up, you're having your coffee this morning, you go, you're already making a master's bet? Yes, I've made my first master's you kinda, bet. You kind of have to a little bit, too, uh, with the... Uh, you know, and the Masters is unique to any other major, too, by the way, because you're building your portfolio earlier because these are up so much longer. Like, you're not thinking about the U.S. Open no, right now. not at all. And here's the deal. You can go back to this time last year, and I had a Brooks Kepka ticket for 99 to 1. Now, look, you're not going to get those tickets anymore. That was... We really didn't know a whole lot. That was that. Yeah, that's what we were talking about when they were out of sight, out of mind, and everybody's like, "Well, how the hell are they going to play?" By the way, uh, uh, Brooks Kepka, what I'm seeing now, Dave, is around maybe about twenty, twenty-two ish to one. So I'm not getting those ninety-nine to ones anymore. Is what you're no, telling sir. me? No, sir. Those things are off the board. So what I did today to try to find something in similar fashion, I played a number on a player that I think should do very well and did very well there last year. Yes, it's another live golfer. Bryson DeChambeau. What do you what did you uh, uh take him at? 45 to 1. And That's re- better than most of the market. Right? And so I think that's what we're trying to do here and by the way, Circus Sportsbook right here offered that number at 45 to 1. So I did gobble that one up as my first in the portfolio. Wes, could you explain to the people when they're waking up having their coffee this morning and I'm playing a, a, a player like DeChambeau at 45 to 1, do I think he can win? Yes, I do. But it's more of building that portfolio that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, and 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 look, uh, you're, you're taking these guys before they win or you're trying to at least. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of drifts, especially on the shorter prices. Like, I don't think all of a sudden, because I'm just looking at the market consensus right now and who is the favorite, it's the world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Yep. Eight to one. If you're going to get better, you're not going to get much better. Maybe he drifts up to like 10 to one or something, you know, but he's not going to be, oh, I'm going to get him 16 or 18 to one. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen with the Rory's of the world. So you don't necessarily, I think, have to be in a rush to bet those guys. But the guys on that second level or the guys in the mid range, that's what you that's what you want to target a little bit because like 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 what was what was Matsuyama before oh. he he won at Riviera he had to be in the 50s 60s plus and, and now anymore. you're getting him at like the 30s exactly right and the other name and the other player that I feel like I was a little bit late on that I really want to identify for again this is why we're talking about this in the morning before you know in February before we ever get to April 
was Will Zalatoris. Mm -hmm. And then we saw what Will Zalatoris did two weeks ago at the Genesis. That he looks like he's back. He's back from that back And issue. the number gets shorted, and he's down in the 20s. Because remember, he, he, he was runner-up there as a younger player who had not yet won on the PGA Tour. Not too long ago, and now he's coming off the back surgery. And so, so like, to me, Wes, I didn't play Willie Z because I would have wanted a number in the 40s, like I'm getting with the Shambo at 45 to 1, because I just don't think that number is good enough now. Now, look, I could look really foolish, and Willie Z is right there come Sunday. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, for every all intents and purposes, this is a course that's a perfect layout for him. But you're just trying to gobble up a couple players at better numbers now than you're going to get in a month and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, without without question. So, you know, that that's what you're doing. You'll probably end up on, like, more Masters futures than you will any other major, despite the fact that it's the shortest field and the smallest field of any of the four. Because we have the most time to prepare for them. Then we get the month, the month, the month. So you don't get these numbers that have been hung up there for mm -hmm. months already leading up to the first major of the year. But, again, officially that is a play for me. 45 to 1 for Bryson DeChambeau. And by the way, he had some interesting comments. I don't know if you heard them this weekend. He alluded to Live Golf not getting the, uh, the governing body the points. The OWGR. And he said, and I paraphrase here, we, Live Golf, have done everything that the criteria asks and yet we're still not getting them two years later. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know if it is, to be mm. honest with you, because uh, it is 54 hole. It is 54 holes. Like it is not 72 one. holes <laughs> like every other tour uh, out that there. That's the number one sticking point. Yeah, I, I think that I think that that's, uh, that's something that uh, uh, they're going to need to rectify at some point. Because those guys are getting frustrated, and I could hear it in Bryson's voice. They want to show up at these events. They want to get the, the but those. they they knew what they were leaving to. They so also did. I, I don't I don't cry for them too much. They took the money. John Rahm even said it. That's why I'm there, taking the money to play less golf. Uh, you've got a wager I know in college basketball as we start the day here for morning bets that you've already got in pocket. What do you have? I do. Last game on the board. I took three. Uh, there's still a couple threes out there. It's mostly two and a half, but it may show up as three again tomorrow. It is in the uh, Big Twelve. The uh, doubleheader for Big Monday, it is the Baylor Bears and the TCU Horn Frogs. And I like the Baylor Bears here on a bounce back. And if you saw on Saturday, they got down big time to Houston at home. Back, it was though. a really, really early, early game. I think they were down 29 to 12. Came back, actually could have won the game in regulation if uh, the big man, Eve Missy, uh, would have made that foul shot at the end. All he had to do is just make that front end. It was a one and one, and he missed it. And then uh, Jamal Shedd, of course, uh, sends it to sends it to overtime, and and then uh, they don't get the ba Baylor loses. They Correct. not only lose, they don't get the cover. But uh, and then meanwhile, TCU against Cincinnati, they show up uh, on the road, and uh, Jamie Dixon's guys easily took care of Cincinnati. Cincinnati probably now on the outside uh, looking in. So TCU beats them 75-57. Uh, they stay at home in Fort Worth. So. Baylor makes that uh, about hour and a half drive up I-35 uh, from uh, Waco to Fort Worth. Uh, Baylor, look, they, they had that comeback and and let it slip away. They could have closed Houston out. That would have been, I think, their signature win of the season, even though this Baylor team has a lot of really good wins. They beat Auburn, of course, in the opener up at the Sanford Pentagon in South Dakota. They beat BYU. They beat you know, Iowa State, mm -hmm. Oklahoma. 
they'll get another crack at Kansas on Saturday, but I don't think they're looking ahead to Kansas coming to Waco. Uh, is, is this is something you and I have talked about through the years, certainly at the NFL. I know sometimes inside of three points in the NFL, you will play uh, you you will play the money line prices. Mm-hmm. And, and you know maybe minus dollar forty, yeah. Instead of uh, laying the two and a half here, when you're getting the two and a half, do you want those pla- those points in yes. pocket more yes. than the money line play? Yes, I do, and and I'm willing on a shorter on a shorter number like up to two. I'm willing to buy the half point. I don't do that on every number, just on the key numbers in basketball on uh, on two, three, five, and seven, nowhere more. And I don't do that every time, but those are the only ones where I will buy to that number. Uh, looking at the matchup standpoint of Baylor. Fifth in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency. Third and three-point shooting. They haven't regressed all that much from outside the arc. A little over 40%. TCU can kind of really struggle to defend the perimeter, and I think Baylor uh, can certainly exploit that. Uh, Baylor's got to clean up a little bit of things defensively, but I think that they bounce back here. They they lost actually earlier, uh, the Baylor Bears. This back on uh, January 27th, so a little less than a month ago. Triple overtime, uh, uh, Baylor lost uh, at home hmm. uh, to TCU, 105 to 102. And uh, uh, look, Baylor had a double-digit lead in the second half and then found themselves in the overtime, and they get beat. So I think there's a little bit of payback here going on for the Baylor Bears. I'm going to take them to bounce back even off a tough loss. All right, going to take those two-and-a-half points here on the road against TCU uh, for a game in play there. Also want to just very quickly uh, look ahead to Saturday. It's not an official play for me yet, but we talked about it a little bit earlier in the look ahead, and it is Jarazino Rosenstrike biggie boy against Shamil Gazayev. And you look at Shamil coming in as the undefeated uh, headliner now here at the Apex on Saturday, and you got to lay almost a dollar fifty. I don't know that I'm willing to do that because Wes, you talk about this a lot, and you know that in the fight game as well. Sometimes these it's the second fight in the organization in the UFC. And now you're a main event. There can be expectation levels for a guy like Shamil here as a big heavyweight. He's got eight knockouts uh, leading up to his UFC in his UFC debut. He knocked out Marty Budai. I just think if he fights a hands game with Biggie Boy, that could be big trouble. So right now, it's not an official play here, America, as you wake up on a Monday. But it's a strong lean towards the dog here at plus four in Rosenstrike. If you could guarantee me, which you can't that the fight stays standing in the small apex and you get to bang it out. That's where Biggie boy. So thrives. you are not interested in uh, Shamil Shlamazel, Haas and Pepper <laughs> incorporated. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs> if you have, if you don't know what Wes is singing there, one of the greatest shows of all time, Laverne and Shirley. Boom. There it is. Shamil Shlamazel. I never know what the rest of the words are. Haas and Pepper incorporated. That's a brewery they worked at. Apparently. <laughs> Thanks for watching everybody. Cash and bets. We'll see you next week here in the look at at bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.